Hi everyone, welcome back to Providence Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Jean, your co-host for today. And once again, I have Chris, our beloved CEO with us. And today, we will be discussing about his most recent Business Times article on how to plan for retirement after the most recent CPF changes. Hi Chris. Hello, it's good to be back and talking about a pretty hot topic. Um, yes, it is. I think since last Friday, when uh, DPM announced the budget, especially with regard to the CPF changes, I've been getting a lot of questions and this is probably the fifth or the sixth media recording right. I have done for the okay. past few days. Yeah. So, I mean, my first question would be, can you explain to the, our listeners mm. on what was the most crucial CPF changes that was announced last Friday? Yeah, I mean, there are two main changes. And the first one, of course, is the one that everybody is talking about. Uh, which is the closure of the special account once a person turned 55 years old. Mm. right? And the second change, which most people I think would be okay with that change, and that is uh, from early 2025 onwards, the enhanced retirement sum will be moved up to four times of the basic retirement sum. right? So before the change, it was three times. So from next year onwards, once the change is implemented, it's going to be four times BRS. But this is fine. I mean, it's, just, it's not like... Um, CPF board is forcing people to put more money into the RA but basically with this change if you want to put more money into your RA you can you don't have to but you have the option to I think it's the bigger the, uh, the, the first change which I mentioned right that is uh, probably the one that people are more upset about uh, because after 55 years old you actually cannot leave money in the SA uh, you have to transfer all the monies in the SA to the OA so people are unhappy because they cannot get the 4 point uh, the 4% interest, that the, the minimum 4% interest that SA is giving. Mm. So who do you think will be the group of people that will be affected the most? I, I think the people that will be affected the most will be people who have more money. Uh, and naturally, it will be the people who are higher income earners. Mm. Because it would be the higher income earners that would have accumulated a pretty large sum of money in the special account for them to so-called shield. Right? I mean, just in case you are listening to this and uh, you might not have uh, heard of this term SA shielding or you have heard of it but you're not familiar. Maybe let me quickly explain. Right? Before this change, let's say a person has got, let's say, 300,000 uh, in the special account. So before 55 years old, uh, what they would do is that they will invest anything in excess of the first 40,000 SA because the first 40,000 SA you cannot invest, mm. right? So say, for example, uh, like I said, a person has 300,000 in the SA and so this guy can invest 260,000 from your uh, SA into a very low-risk instrument. At the age of 55, CPA board, what they will do is that they are going to go to your SA and OA to take out the, your cohort's uh, full retirement sum. So, Let's just use a simple number, okay? So let's just say that the full retirement sum is 200,000. It's not like it's higher, but let's say it's, we just write out, uh, round, uh, round it off to 200,000. So now CPA board will go into your special account to want to take 200,000, but they can't find. They only find 40,000, right? So they are going to take the 40,000 from the SA and put into your RA. And obviously, that's not going to meet the full retirement sum yet. So now they will go to OA. So let's just say your OA has got 100,000. So they're going to move 100,000 into your RA. So at the end of uh, uh, this whole exercise, right, you are left with nothing. Or, okay, I won't say nothing. You are left with 40,000 in your SA 
and then nothing from your OA because everything has gone into your RA already, mm. right? Then you sell away the investment that you made, which in the earlier example, I said that it is 260,000. So you sell, you move back the 260,000 back into your SA. Mm. And after 55 years old, you have got 260,000 in your SA earning 4% with full liquidity, right? Of course, I assume that after 55 years old, you will top up your RA up to full retirement sum. Right? Because in the earlier example, you're only having about 140,000 in your RA. Uh, 40,000 from SA into the RA and 100,000 from OA into the RA, making 140,000. So it still hasn't meet the full retirement sum. So I assume that you're going to top up cash to meet the full retirement sum. Mm. So after 55 years old, now you have the 260,000 in SA full liquidity. But if this is going to happen in 2025, it's not going to work. Because in 2025, what they're going to do is they're going to close the SA. So the 260,000 that is sitting in your SA will now be transferred into your OA. So you can't earn 4% for the 260,000. You can only earn 2.5% yep. on uh, that 260,000. Right? But the question here is, how many people will have 300,000 in the SA, right? So it will be the people who are more affluent, higher income. And that's why over the years, they can accumulate about 300,000 in uh, the SA. Right? So these are the people that will be most affected by the change. For those of us who are lower income earners, we don't have so much money in the SA. There's nothing very much to shield anyway. Uh, these are the people that will be uh, least impacted. So, I mean, obviously we know that, you know, in a certain financial community online, right, there was a very huge uproar mm. after last Friday's announcement. Mm. So, why do you think that is the right move, given that it's fairly unpopular? Yeah, I mean, firstly, you know, as we have just discussed, this so-called loophole really benefit the more affluent, right? And the primary purpose of CPF uh, is really to give Singaporean a very basic retirement amount. So I had a chance to participate in, a, in the CPA advisory panel about 10 years ago. When we sort of like size, we decide how much the basic retirement sum should be. We are thinking of people who belong to the lower middle household with a lower income, lesser expenditure. We wanted to make sure that the basic retirement sum that they set aside at 55 years old, when they turn 65 years old, will give them a basic retirement lifestyle. So we have always been thinking about the people who has got less, mm. right? But this loophole so-called, really, they are not benefiting people who has got less resources. They are benefiting the richer ones. So that's one. Secondly, uh, you know, uh, the special account after 55 years old has got full liquidity, mm. capital guaranteed, 4% guaranteed. It's, I would say, uh, pretty good and pretty high. And, and obviously people know it. That's why they are putting the money in the SA, right? But from an investment standpoint, it doesn't make sense because it's actually very difficult to sustain an investment that will give 4% capital guaranteed, mm. capital, uh, not just capital guaranteed, return guaranteed, and yet you have full liquidity. Right. So I think it's the right move because when we close the special account, we are really going back to the primary objective of CPF, which is to help those who have uh, lesser income, uh, lesser resources. And at the same time, it's just realigning the uh, interest of special account 
or rather realigning the interest correctly mm. that if you want liquidity, then you shouldn't be able to get such a high interest. Understand? Yeah, I understand that a lot of people probably treat the SA as a bank mm. with guaranteed mm. um, 4% interest. Mm. So that's why they also, you know, they are quite angry with this move. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I like I said, I acknowledge and understand why people are upset. Like, oh, this while, you know, they have this free ride, right? Mm. And now it's taken away. Uh, maybe taken away is the wrong word, but rather the loophole is being plugged. Mm. Right? So people are upset about it. So I understand the emotions. Uh, so, so like what you say, the loophole, the SA shielding loophole has been plugged. Mm. So for, following from that, right, mm. what, you know, what advice can you give to that group of people mm. you know, who is planning for their, who is doing their financial planning mm. and now that the loophole has been plugged, Mm. They're trying to find an alternative that gives them also a 4% or even better than 4%. Mm. I think what people should do depends on what was the original use of their money in the CPA balances after 55. Right? So think about this. Right? Before even uh, the announcement of these changes, what was your intention for monies left behind in your OA and SA? Assuming no change at all today. Right? And I wrote in the article uh, mm. in the Business Times that there are a few users of this money. Yep. So some people use this money and they need to withdraw straight away. Right? So if you need to withdraw straight away, I don't think it impacts you that much. Right? I did a quick calculation and I uh, wrote it in the, uh, mm. in the article in the Business Times that assuming that you are... Uh, okay, assuming a person has got 200000 in a special account, Okay, and assuming you are going to withdraw, you need to withdraw $3,000 per month. Mm. And you want to withdraw $3,000 per month adjusted for 3% inflation every year. So you have to withdraw slightly more every year. Right? Now, assuming no change, and this 200000 in your special account earning at least 4%, uh, that amount will last you about 5.7 years. But now, no more special account, right? So your money's 200000 is now shifted over to OA earning 2.5. Mm. And let's say you are still withdrawing $3,000 every month adjusted for 3% inflation. Instead of the money lasting 5.7 years, it will now last you just 5.5 years. Mm. So you are losing out, or rather you are getting lesser by 0.2 years, mm. right? which is about less than three months. Right? So you can see that it doesn't really affect that much. And if you really, for some reason, want it to last for 5.7 years, then you might have to withdraw slightly lesser, mm. about $100 lesser. Right? But if you have got other resources besides CPF, then you should be able to still withdraw the $3,000 because you can get that extra that you need somewhere else. Yeah. Right? So for people with cash uh, in their special account, or rather, let me say that again, if your original intention was to withdraw down, then I don't think it'll impact you much. Uh, if anything, it just means that your, mo finish, your money finished one, two months earlier or the implication is that you might want to just withdraw slightly lesser. Now, the second use of money in the CPA balances really for some people is, is for reserves. They don't intend to use it. They have got other resources. Right? And because they know that in the past, they know that the interest is pretty good, there's no need to withdraw. They leave it there as reserves. So for these people, well, you can still keep it in the OA after the uh, special account is closed. Yes, I know you are getting 1.5% lesser, but because it is a reserve, it is used for emergency. 
right? If you feel that's important, you want the liquidity because it's emergency, then maybe you take you keep a portion of it in OA, mm. so you don't touch it. But a portion of your OA now, you can actually invest it into a portfolio of equities and bonds to get a higher return. Of course, you must be able to take the risk. Mm. You must understand investment. You must have the time horizon. The third use of the monies in your CPI balances after 55 is that some people, they just leave it there and grow it maybe 10 years later for future decumulation. Mm. And in that case, well, you have got a longer time horizon. You might not need to keep it in the OA for 2.5. You can actually invest it out mm. into a portfolio of equities and bonds and get a higher return than 2.5%. Uh, so these are some of the things that someone has to think about which option you should take depends on the original use of this money in your CPI balances. Of course, we have been focusing a lot on, I mean, what to do with your special account now that is transferred to OA, what are the options out there to get a higher return. Maybe we forgot that actually there is a second change, right? Which is your retirement sum now, you can top up up to four times BRS. And by 2025, that figure is about 426,000. Now, yes, if you want a more reliable stream of income, a higher reliable stream of income, then you can consider either topping up your RA up to four times BRS using your OA money, mm. or you can use cash to top it up. So that will give you a higher uh, stable income stream for as long as you live once you reach 65 years old. Our popular Retire Well ebook has been updated. RetireWell is a methodology that Provident has developed to design a retirement income plan that will provide you with a safe and reliable stream of income for the rest of your life. Check out the link in the show notes to download a complimentary copy of the full ebook today. Thank you and let's get back to the episode. Talking about uh, topping up the to four times of the BRS, right? Mm-hmm. I also understand that there have been chatter you know, on the street that you know, some people, they're concerned about locking up their money. Mm. You know, if they say, okay, you know, if I top up to like four times BRS, what if the government, you know, makes subsequent changes again? You know, mm. there's always policy risk. Mm. So what do you have to say about this? I mean, it's real. Uh, the policy risk is real. I mean, over the last few decades, there, there have been quite a few changes that, of course, some people, they are not happy about. Right? I remember when my uh, late father was still around when he reached the age of 55 years old. Back in those days, he could withdraw every single cent. Mm. Then a few years later, they changed it. Uh, they included this scheme called minimum sum scheme. Uh, so when a person reaches 55 years old, he can't take out every cent now. He got to set aside an amount called the minimum sum. Mm. And only the excess of it, this person can withdraw it out. So that caused some unhappiness because they can't withdraw uh, everything out. So you see, there's a policy risk, right? And the minimum sum scheme uh, was supposed to allow the first withdrawal at the age of 62. And it was supposed to last for about 20 years, until mm. about 82 years old. Um, but in 2008, we introduced CPF Life, that's one. We also delayed the withdrawal age to 65 by three years. Right? And people got very upset with it because it's like, I'm, you're moving my goalpost. Mm. Right? But of course, the reason behind that change is that Singaporeans, we are living longer. Mm. And so if we withdraw at age 62 and it ends at age 82, we might still be alive, right? Then we outlive our money. And that's the reason why the withdrawal age got pushed down to 65. 
right? And then we introduce CPF life so that if a person live beyond, say, 85 or even 90 years, so CPF life will pay for life. Now, I'm not here to say that these moves, uh, I'm not here to defend the government, basically, yep. but I'm just stating that there have been changes. There are real policy risks, but there is always a reason why the policy is done that way. Mm. So if you are going to transfer money from your OA to your RA or you're going to top up cash, you have to accept right, that there will be policy risks. Uh, in fact, right, in fact, I also wrote it in the article, in fact, many people might have forgotten that even the RA, in fact, the special MediSafe retirement account interest rate is not fixed. It's actually packed to the average yield of the 10-year Singapore government securities plus 1%. It's just that since 2008, the government has been guaranteeing it at, at least 4%. But that guarantee is renewed or rather reviewed regularly. So it is possible that in five years' time, seven years' time, I do not know that that guarantee might be taken away and the RA interest is really now packed to the 10-year SGS plus mm. one. And the 10-year SGS, the yield could be lower and you could be getting less than 4%. Yeah. Right? So there is a real policy risk, I understand. But I have to say this, that um, the time that I spent with the CPA advisory panel 10 years ago has showed me that actually the government is quite careful with making huge changes with CPA policies because they know, they know that each time they make a change to the policy, uh, the public, the electorate will always look at the changes and if they get upset, it may affect the votes, you know. Mm. So they're actually quite careful. They are not like changing it without mm. uh, thinking. So that's one uh, uh, assurance. La. Yes. But the changes, I have to say, over the past few decades are not that frequent, to be fair. Right? But yes, if you are going to top up your RA, you have to be prepared for that policy risk. Uh, whether, whether or not you decide to take that risk because... Anywhere you put that money, you will always have risk. Mm. If you decide not to put it inside, you want to invest it, there will be risk. Right? So you've got to weigh that risk. Right? You've got to weigh the risk I'm going to take if I don't want to put it into RA versus the policy risk. And you decide whether which risk you want to take. Right? And the final thing I'll say about this is that if four times BRS is a large proportion of your total net worth, then don't put four times BRS because you're locking up a large part of your money into something not liquid, right? But if four times BRS is just a small proportion or not a major proportion, so maybe it's like 30%, 40% of total net worth, then I guess it's okay because you have got the rest of your assets that are liquid. So do that. Weigh that and then decide how much you want to put into the RA. I think it also teaches us to be flexible. So however you put your money... You, you need to be flexible to make changes to your plans mm. when things change. Yeah. So obviously, like, life is also unpredictable, right? You yeah. never know, obviously, when the government has changes, when you, you have changes in your lives as well. Yeah. I mean, that's what we always say, right? Because when we do planning for our clients, we say that the plan that we write for you is fluid. It's not fixed. And that's why we need to do the annual progress meeting because your circumstances will change, mm. markets will change, uh, policies will change. Uh, whatever in planning return that we use together will change. I remember in the 1990s, I mean, the average return of the S&P 500 was double-digit return, 13%. Right? And if 
I've been planning for clients based on that thirteen percent. Today, it's not easy to get thirteen percent double digit return mm. going forward, and I have to tweak the plan, right? Mm. So, um, nothing is certain really, mm. and and therefore whatever plan you put in place, there must always be that flexibility to tweak the plan when things change. I also feel that you know after Friday, people are very overwhelmed by the changes. So you know for those people who are very overwhelmed by these CPF changes, right? Uh, what are one or two actionable steps that they can move forward with? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is don't get too emotional. I understand, like I say, why people are upset. Um, and when I listen to all the chatter from the ground, I mean, there are some people that will say like, okay, I'm just going to take out everything from my OA from now on. Um, I'm going to invest all my money. Uh, can a certain product provider please uh, produce a product for me to put my money in? Mm. I'm going to invest in the S&P 500 or whatever, whatever, right? So I don't think that's the first step to take. Let's not be emotional. Um, but maybe let me rephrase that. Okay, I shouldn't say let's not be emotional because, I mean, emotional, it's just automatic, right? If I'm angry, I'm angry. Like I can't be not angry, yeah. right? So, okay, be emotional. Yeah. Okay, but... Don't act on your emotion yet. Let the emotion die down for a bit and then seriously think about, like I mentioned, what was the original intention of the money had there be no changes, right? And then you decide your next step, whether you should invest it or just keep it in the OA. Whatever you are going to do, Make sure that you have the peace of mind doing that. Okay, I'm not for everyone starting to take their ordinary account and starting to invest, mm. especially if they don't in uh, they don't understand, yeah. right? Because two point five percent is still better than you lose money, right? So let the emotion die down a bit, then you decide. Okay, actually, if the special account uh, was to be around, my plan was to do this. And okay, so if I want to keep to the original intent of the money in the special account, then now what are the options do I have? Yeah, so that's what I will uh, advise a person uh, to do. I mean, for us, uh, many of our clients are going to come for progress meeting this year. Uh, we are probably going to review their plans and because of the changes, make tweaks to the plan to make sure that they still have a reliable income stream when they retire. Just now when you mentioned products, right? It just mm. reminded me of something that you wrote in your article as well. You mentioned, you know, like in the next few weeks or so, you know, mm. more and more products might appear mm. to try to attract people mm. to come on board. And you also gave like cautionary note that people shouldn't just jump into these products, mm. which I think is very important because I also can foresee an uh, influx of such advertisements coming in. So do you want to say a word or two about this? Yeah, I mean... I'm trying to say this without offending anyone. <laughs> I learned to be, as I get older, I learned to be more careful. But I mean, there are people who are very opportunistic, right? The minute this announcement go out, uh, people take the opportunity to dig out their products, right? And say, look, 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 now your OA is only getting 2.5%. Mm. When your money was in SA getting 4%, I can understand why you're not investing. It. But hey, now your money is in OA and you're getting 2.5%. I think you should really invest it. And here, I've got all these product options for you to choose. You can invest in this, you can invest in that, you know. But I don't think that is holistic, right? That's just 
deciding on your option based on product availability. That's the easy part. I mean, if you want to buy products, it's really easy. Just walk out anywhere and then shout, I want to buy a product. There'll be many people running to you. I think what is more important is to now sit down either on your own or with your trusted advisor and look at how this change really affect your retirement. It might not affect that much, honestly. Mm. Right? And if it doesn't affect that much, the, maybe the right thing to do is do nothing. Just leave it in the way. Yes, you're getting 1.5% more or less, sorry, 1.5% less. But it doesn't really affect. And in the first example I gave, if you have 200,000 in your SA, it only affects 0.2 months. Right? Are we going to get very upset and say, oh, you know, I'm getting, uh, I'm going to deplete faster by 0.2, not 0.2 months, sorry, 0.2 years. years. Right? Am I going to get really upset? Okay, I'm going to look for product and I take on so much more risk just to mitigate for that point two years. It doesn't make sense. Mm. Right? So before you jump into, yeah, I think this product beats OA 2.5%, uh, before you do that, please sit down and then look at really, really, how does it affect your retirement plan? Right? Then you make the decision whether you should do nothing or make a bit of tweak to it. I hope, yeah, I hope this enlightens people who are still very overwhelmed by this and very overwhelmed by the emotions after the announcement. So, I mean, I've come to the end of the, our podcast. Um, any more last words? I guess the last thing I want to say is that many of us, we think that there is this certainty with CPF. Mm. It's not a bad thing that with this change, yes, the emotions get high, but it's not a bad thing that people start to realize that actually nothing is certain. I understand the reason why the changes are made, okay, but it just goes to show that nothing is certain, including the interest rate for CPF. And therefore, when we plan, the plan that you put up for yourself, the plan that your trusted advisor put up for you must be able to be, must be robust enough to be able to weather whatever changes, whatever uncertainty that might happen. Because, you know, our retirement horizon is pretty long. We've got another bit 20, 30 years more to live. We cannot expect the world to stop and be where it is today and nothing change, right? And so whatever plan you put in place, it has got to be robust enough to adapt to changes so that when you retire, you can have that peace of mind knowing that you will always have enough to live the kind of life that you want to live. Thank you, Chris, for providing your thoughts and advice to our listeners and viewers on how to navigate this financial path after the most recent CPF changes. Thank you. So, I mean, we have come to the end of today's podcast. So, as usual, if you like this podcast, please do rate and like our podcast at your favourite podcast platform. And once again, I'll see you in the next episode. All analysis, views, opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional before taking any action. 
Provident Limited does not accept any liability or any loss whatsoever arising from any use of the information broadcasted, broadcasted or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.